Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And welcome, everybody, inside the Believe in Eagles podcast. I'm your host, Mike Hill. What's going on? Man, we've got super wild card weekend here. We're breaking it all down on the Believe in Eagles podcast. Like, share, rate, view, subscribe, get it out there. We're going to be taking over the Believe in Eagles coverage from now through the Super Bowl, the offseason, the draft, and everywhere in between. we got a lot of stuff to get into. The Eagles, obviously, with the bye week, they got the number one overall seed, won the NFC East. The playoffs will go to Philadelphia. You know, the last time the playoffs went through Philadelphia, they won the Super Bowl. They're the last number one seed to do so. So what's the path to get there? We are going to take a look at that on today's Believe in the Eagles podcast. You know, Super Wild Card Weekend last year was kind of a dud. The Eagles were the seventh seed, if you remember, and really didn't show well against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But that's what Super Wild Card Weekend is all about, kind of figuring out who you are and then going on from there. That's why last year I was an advocate of the Eagles making the playoffs and then kind of finding out, hey, we got our butts whipped in this game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We need to find out just how far the gap is from us to that number two seed last year. And ultimately, that's what the Eagles did this offseason. When they got their butts whipped last year, it was an eye-opening experience about how far the seventh seed was from the two. You know, the Eagles kind of bullied their way into the playoffs last year. If you remember, they used that big offensive line and ran the ball right down everybody's throat to get to the playoffs. Well, they couldn't do that against a playoff-quality team. They found that out, and then that's when they went out this offseason and made that big trade to go get A.J. Brown. And when they got A.J. Brown, it really changed the complexion of what this team could do offensively. You know, really, this offense is almost the same personnel-wise from a year ago, except for A.J. Brown. The entire offensive line is essentially the same. The only difference, really, is Sayamala last year played left guard, and now he's at right guard. Uh, Landon Dickerson took over for Sayamala last year once he got hurt. Brandon Brooks is no longer here. So, really, Brooks is out at right guard. Dickerson played left guard for the most part. The other change on this offense, you know, is the development of Jalen Hurts. That's the biggest change, but that is helped by A.J. Brown. Brown basically replaced Jalen Rager. So your team last year was essentially the same crew on offense, but look how much better this team is offensively. And A.J. Brown, that trade that Howie Roseman made to get A.J. Brown really put this team in a position to win the Super Bowl. And if you take a look back at all the moves, this is why this year is so important. This is why this particular year for the Philadelphia Eagles is such an important one. It's because the window is open now, and they have a lot of decisions to make in the offseason. And listen, I know a lot of people do not like Howie Roseman, or maybe they've changed their mind. They went from a Howie hater to now giving the guy some credit. I've never been a Howie hater. I've always respected the job that this guy has done. Has he made mistakes? Has he had some misses? Absolutely. But he usually learns from those mistakes and fixes them. And he did that with this team here. My question is, listen, this guy hit a home run on every single pitch that was thrown. 
he's going to make a mistake at some point. At some point, the decisions he makes is not going to be the right one. He went out and got A.J. Brown. That was a hit. They drafted Landon Dickerson. That was a hit. They went out and got on the defensive side of the ball, Hassan Reddick. He was just named Defensive Player of the Month. That's a hit. They went out and got Kaiser White. That's a hit. They went out and got James Bradbury. That's a hit. They traded for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. That's a hit. I mean, at what point do the hits turn into misses? And some people will say, well, he has had enough misses in his career. Listen, Howie Roseman built a Super Bowl-winning roster in 2017. And if you want to accuse him of doing something wrong, it was trying to utilize the same exact formula with the same players. He admitted, hey, we did some things outside of the ordinary that we wouldn't normally do to try to keep that window open a little bit longer, and they missed. But I give you credit for admitting that. And what I also give them credit for is making smart decisions. The Carson Wentz disaster, looking at yourself in the mirror and saying it's time to move on, having the foresight to understand that maybe Wentz was on rocky terms and making the decision to draft Jalen Hurts as a potential replacement a year ahead of time. Those are the kind of things that Howie Roseman has done. But look, this offseason, they have a lot of decisions to make. The decisions they have to make, a lot of the defensive side of the ball, Brandon Graham, Javon Hargrave, Kaiser White, James Bradbury, Chauncey Carner-Johnson. Those guys are all free agents. Miles Sanders, free agent. Isaac Sayamala, free agent. you got a lot of decisions to make. So the window is open right now. So they're the division champion. They're sitting there waiting for someone to play. They don't know who it's going to be. There's four possible opponents. Seattle Seahawks, New York Giants, Dallas Cowboys, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Of those four teams, who would you most like to play? Well, I ranked them as the Giants first, Seattle second, Tampa third, and Dallas fourth. And I know nobody wants to say, hey, I want to play Tom Brady. I'm not asking to play Tom Brady, but if you told me I had to make a choice between Brady and the Cowboys, I think the Cowboys, when they play their best, when they have their A game, their highest level game, they're better than Tampa is. Now, Tampa and Dallas have already played once this season. That was all the way back in week number one. Let's take a little trip down memory lane, shall we? Right? That game was in week number one. Dallas went to Tampa Bay. This is the first playoff meeting between these two teams since 1982. The Buccaneers won the game in week number one, 19 to three. The three points were the fewest in a game this season for the Dallas Cowboys. That was the game Dak got hurt. They're down 19 to three with six minutes left in the game, and Dak hurt his thumb. Think about these numbers when you're talking about the Cowboys' possibilities of winning this game and what it would take. All right. It's pretty un- insurmountable when you think about it from some of the numbers here this is the first time Dallas has been in the playoffs back-to-back years since 2006 and 2007 think about that they have not made the playoffs in back-to-back seasons going back to 06 and 07 this is not a consistent franchise 11 straight playoff years they have not made the conference championship it's the longest streak all time the last time the Cowboys We're in the conference championship was 1995. Here's where it really gets tough for them. 
Dallas has lost eight straight road playoff games. It's tied for the second longest road playoff losing streak of all time. Their last road win in the playoffs, 1992, in the NFC Championship game against the 49ers. You're talking Aikman, Irvin, Smith, triplets. That's the last time the Cowboys have won a road playoff game. This is not a good spot for them. They're one in four as road favorites in postseason play. Last time they won a game, the only time they won a game, 1978. They are one in four on grass this season. They only average 22 points a game. When they play on turf, they're 11 and one, 29 and six, uh, 29.6 points per game on turf. It's a bad spot. Road grass game. The numbers say not your game. Dak Prescott, one in three in playoff games. The only time he's ever won a playoff game, 2018 against Seattle. Seven straight games with an interception for Dak. 15 interceptions this season, tied with Davis Mills. Dak Prescott and Davis Mills have something in common. And in that game against Tampa Bay in week one, it didn't go very well for Dak. He was 14 of 29 for 134 yards and an interception. This is just not the matchup that Dallas probably was asking for. You know, they beat Minnesota 40-3. to Why couldn't they get them, they wonder, right? Well, two big games stick out for Dallas. They lost the game to Green Bay, and they lost the game to Jacksonville. Those two games are really the difference for them. If you take care of business against those two teams, two teams you would have been favored against, they would have won this division. They beat Philadelphia. They lost a game to Philly early. They got redemption there. But the two games in between that cost them was the Jacksonville game and the Green Bay game. And that's why they're in this game right now. Going against Tom Brady, who is 7-0 against Dallas, his best record against any opponent. The first time he'll ever face him in the playoffs, obviously. He was in New England all those years. But this is a huge, huge matchup in this first round because it really sets the tone uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles playoff run. You're either going to get Dallas or you're going to get Tampa most likely. Now, we'll get into the other possibilities in just a couple of minutes here. C.D. Lamb, two catches, 29 yards, 10 targets in the first game against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay had C.D. Lamb's number that night, and they dial up a similar defense. Todd Bowles, the offensive, excuse me, the head coach, is also a very good defensive mind. What kind of defense does he employ this time around? Micah Parsons, got to keep an eye on him. He had two sacks in that first game against Tom Brady. So those are your two key players on Dallas, or three, really. Prescott, Lamb, Parsons. You're always looking for those guys. Now, Tom Brady who has had a year to forget. You know, how many times were the betting numbers in Brady's favor where this has never happened and that has never happened, and he ended up losing those games? He has won four consecutive playoff games as an underdog, and that was the three games in Tampa Bay's Super Bowl run in 2020. They were an underdog in all three of those games. They're an underdog in this game. They are a home playoff dog. You willing to go against Tom Brady as a home playoff dog? Well, Mike, they had a losing record this year. Who cares? They're the fourth team to win their division with a losing record. Two of those teams won a game. Seattle in 2010. The Panthers in 2014 were 7-8-1. and one. 
and they won the playoff game. So it is not far-fetched to believe that a team with a losing record could win a playoff game. And why do you have a losing record? You know, people look at records and say, you don't belong in. Listen, they won their division. That's the goal that's set. Why did they have an 8-9 record? That's what we need to try to figure out. And the big reason for me, when I look at the Dallas Cowboys, uh, excuse me, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I say, why did they have a losing record? Their offensive line was a disaster all season long. They just couldn't get anything consistent going with the offense because that offensive line was such a problem. And getting to Tom Brady for Dallas against this line is going to be key. Tom Brady struggled this year under pressure. He was one of the worst quarterbacks in the league in yards per attempt and interceptions against the blitz, against rush, against pressure. The Tampa Bay offensive line struggled all season long, and teams got to Brady all season long. That's been the problem, the pressure. Can Dallas bring it? That's one of the things they're good at. And then Dak Prescott, interceptions, we know the problem for him. He missed five games. 11 of his 15 interceptions came against zone coverage. You know, we talk about that Eagles game where he was so magnificent. Why are you playing soft zone against Dak Prescott? Well, 11 of his 15 interceptions come against zone. Big problem with Dak Prescott this year. If you watch the tape, not an accurate thrower. That's why the zone is played. You're going to have good games and bad. He's had more bad. He had his best against Philadelphia. They're back in the playoffs, but can they make a deep run? The last time they made a conference championship was 95. If they're going to do it, Dallas, they're going to have to win three straight road games. And they haven't won a road game in the playoffs since 92. They've lost their last eight road playoff games. That's tied for the second longest postseason road losing streak in NFL history, guys. (laughs) I mean, this is not a spot for them. It's not. Tom Brady's 35 wins as a player is more than the Dallas franchise. But big thing in this game, who's going to face Philadelphia? Tampa's O-line struggles against Dak Prescott's ability to take care of the ball. That's the matchup in this one here. That's the matchup here. The Bucks defense, defensive backs, they'll blitz 14% of the time. It's the third highest rate in the NFL. And that's an area where Prescott has done pretty well this year. So we'll see if they dial that blitz up. That's the game on Monday night. I kind of like Tampa in the game. I think it's an interesting matchup, but I think Tampa has their, you know, they won that first game. I think they have the Brady factor going. And just the inconsistency of, of Dallas is just too much for me in this one. They find ways to lose games in this kind of moment. They did it last year. 49ers. Remember it. When they got stuck playing the 49ers, people thought, oh, 49ers aren't having a good year. This is right. And I said right off the bat, the worst matchup for Dallas. And Dallas got punched in the face and eliminated quickly thereafter. I like Tampa in the game. And Tampa, to me, could be the team that goes in Philadelphia. And I say could be the team that goes to Philadelphia. Well, that's because a lot of people like the Giants in this game. So let's take a look at that matchup. The first meeting between these two teams since 2000's NFC Championship game, Giants won that game 41-0. Uh, no factor here, obviously. What is a factor? 
They just played in week 16. Vikings beat the Giants 27-24. Remember that 61-yard field goal? Minnesota wins that game as time expires. Vikings have won four in a row versus the Giants. And it's interesting here. We all know the story. Vikings minus three. Giants are a minus six in point differential. Both teams have negative point differentials. It's the fourth time in playoff history that this has happened. So this is a matchup between two teams who have really been inconsistent this year. But their records say otherwise. This is why record goes out the window. Does anybody look at the Vikings' 13 wins tied for second most in franchise history and say, man, this team has deep playoff run written all over it? Of course not. You got two first-year head coaches. Vikings 11-0 and in one-score games. It's the most in NFL history, by the way. They've lost four of the last five when they've hosted the wild card. You got Kirk Cousins factor, one and two in his postseason career. So Cousins, 8-1, and 18 touchdowns, four interceptions at home this season. They're 8-1 and one at home. Makes you feel like, all right, this is a good spot for Minnesota, right? Justin Jefferson, 1,800 yards. They added Hawkinson, who I thought has been a big factor in their offense. You know, they're the second team since the merger to make the playoffs ranking in the bottom two in total defense. That's the problem with Minnesota. That's the problem. So let's look at the Giants here and what they have going for them. 13 and four against the spread this season. You look at that number and you're thinking, huh, they're 13 and four against the spread. This sets up for a giant win, right? Uh, spread in the game, by the way, is Minnesota minus three. The first playoff appearance since the boat incident for the Giants. They've won five of their last six road playoff games. They're 8-4-1 and one in one-score games this season. So this game's close like it was the last time they played in Week 16. Does the ball bounce the Giants' way this time? Daniel Jones, who do we see? 30 completions in Week 16 against the Giants. He had 334 yards, a touchdown. He's playing for a contract here. Does he step up in the big moment? So the Vikings won all those close games. Does it matter? Let's take a look. Since 2000, Minnesota is one in six, or one of six, I should say, teams to play at least 10 one-score games. The previous five, only one of those teams won a playoff game, meaning they had a lot of close calls in the regular season, which is nice. They won them, but they weren't able to translate that against a better team. The problem is I don't know that the Giants are a better team. Are they? Let's see. You know, this is a team, the Giants, they like to blitz. They blitz more than any other team in the league. 41% of the time when teams pass, the Giants are coming after you. But Kirk Cousins struggles with the blitz. Early in the year, he turned it on later. Early in the year, he completed 54% of his passes, 5.5 yards in attempt. Now he's at 66% and 8 yards in attempt. He has certainly gotten better in that role. When Cousins faced the Giants in Week 16, he was 13 of 20 against the Giant Blitz. Justin Jefferson, big reason for Kirk Cousins' success against the Blitz as well. So you got Jefferson averaging almost 19 yards a catch against the Blitz. It's nice to have that. The Giants don't have it. So let's look at Danny Dimes, if you will. The Giants run the ball. They work off play action a lot. Daniel Jones, third highest completion rate 
and the sixth highest QBR on those plays. So Jones is pretty decent in um, the play action, and the Vikings' pass defense really struggled. They are the second highest yards per attempt on play action in the league. Problem is that's the weakness of the giant offense. I would imagine this is a close game. If the Giants pull off the upset, they're going to go to Philadelphia. Daniel Jones, if they win this game, is probably efficient. They run the ball, a lot of underneath stuff. You know, the Vikings defense, a lot of problems. You go back to that Eagles game, they play the same defense as the Eagles do. That Vic Fangio, too high safety. On the other side, Kirk Cousins, you hope, they hope, the Vikings uh, do that the Giants do what the Eagle fans want the Eagles to do. Blitz, 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 blitz. Because Cousins and Jefferson likely carve you up. Minnesota, three-point favorite, home. They went 10-0 and when favored by at least a field goal this season. Listen, I know a lot of people like the Giants in this game. I tend to lean uh, Minnesota here. At home, everybody thinks you're not good enough. I'm one of them. I just not have been a Viking guy all year. But I don't think the Giants have a playoff roster. I think they have a nice story. I love the coach. I think they're moving in the right direction, but I just can't get behind them here. So I think it will be Tampa Bay beating Dallas, Minnesota beating the Giants, and then I like San Francisco to beat Seattle, um, and that means that Tampa Bay of those teams would end up in Philadelphia. We'll talk about that next week here on Believe in the Eagles. We're just rolling. We're just starting. And uh, we're going to be with you throughout the playoffs, hopefully all the way through the Super Bowl, the offseason, the draft, and so much more. Like, rate, review, share, subscribe. Get on the Believe in Eagles team right here with me, Mike Gill, on Believe in Eagles on the Believe Network. I think that this Super Wild Card weekend, you know, last year you had the seven seeds. They all got blown out, Philadelphia. Uh, you got the two teams on the AFC side. It looks like Anthony Brown's going to play and Skylar Thompson. That really diminishes some of the games over there because Miami with Tua against Buffalo would have been fun. Bengals, Ravens with Lamar, that would have been fun. Those two games kind of turn into stinkers. So for me, all eyes are on this NFC side of stuff this week. Dallas and Tampa, Giants in Minnesota, they're probably my two favorite games of the weekend, and uh, the winner of that will face the Philadelphia Eagles. So, with that, that's our first edition of the Believe in the Eagles podcast here on the Believe Network. We'll be back with you to get you ready for the matchup. I think it's going to be Tampa. Who do you think it's going to be? Let me know. Plenty more. Eagle. Good to be with you for episode number one. Hope you enjoyed it. I'm Mike Gill. This has been Eagle on the Believe Network. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.